Welcome to Tree Dog Tuesday, only on the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm really excited to bring this one to you. Uh, before we get started with with Mr. Russell Beller, uh, I want to first of all thank Russell. Um, he's a busy guy. He's a driven guy, and uh, he did not have to take the time to spend an entire day with me uh, to do this. Um, there is uh, some video with me and Russell. Uh, driving around, seeing his property, uh, talking about dogs, talking about deer, talking about everything. And uh, that'll be available on, on Canestream Media on the YouTube channel uh, here in the coming weeks, days probably. And uh, you know, I just want to thank him. Uh, he didn't know me. Uh, I also want to thank Brooklyn Wood, who uh, helped set this up. Uh, of course, everybody knows that that she's one of Russell's handlers, or pretty much her his only handler right now, I think. Um, but uh, she was very instrumental in, in helping me get this done. And uh, Colton Ingram, uh, thanks to him for putting us in touch and, and getting us all together and all that stuff too. And there's other people to thank to make this happen. But I just wanted to say that, and this is going to come out in the video. Uh, we're doing a lot of editing on the video, and it's going to take some time. Um, I didn't want to be too obtrusive or intrusive, I'm sorry, uh, with Russell. And I didn't want to stick cameras in his face all the time and, and do all that stuff. So it was just me and one camera and, and Russell driving around for the day. And he was very kind and very gracious. Uh, but what I, what I took from uh, my day with Mr. Beller is that he is one of the most driven human beings that I've been around. And I've been around some guys that want to succeed and want to be the best. But nobody like Russell. Um, I have no doubt right now that if, if Russell Beller really wanted to win multiple world championships next year, that he would do it. Uh, I think that he's a guy that, that sets a goal and achieves that goal no matter what. And uh, he works. He works hard. You know, he's, he's up in years, and he still gets around great. Uh, he could he could be in a cast right now, and uh, <laughs> I pity the folks that draw him because Russell's not only going to be a coon dog, but he's going to bring he's bring a coon dog, but he's going to bring that mentality uh, that winners have. And uh, I've seen that mentality in multiple people. Uh, you know, you look at Dustin Weed and, and John Strickland, you know, first— first championship EHS hunt, and they have that mentality. And when you think of that mentality and, and that mindset, you think of all-time greats, uh, the, the Kobe Bryants, the Tom Brady's, the Michael Jordans, uh, the guys that just wanted to win so bad that putting forth the effort to do so at a high level was not was, was more like second nature. And that's what Russ Beller is. Um, he, multiple dogs, 31 world championships, um, multiple world championship final fours, who knows what else. I don't know. The list of winnings is is amazing. And 
his favorite dogs. The, the choices that he made for that uh, are pretty interesting too. So, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give uh, Russell some thanks uh, for letting me out there and preface this podcast with, uh, you know, some of my thoughts on, on the man. And there will be a much more in-depth, uh, you know, cultural study, I guess you could call it, on Russell Beller on the YouTube channel. And uh, like I said, you guys just have a listen. I hope you enjoy. There's a lot of good info here. Um, this man's probably owned more great coon dogs than anybody breathing or anybody ever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who, who better to, uh, to tell you about this stuff than, uh, Mr. Beller himself. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a quick ad and, uh, we'll get right into it. So let's play a little game called, is your dog food? How do you play it? Easy. I'll just simply read off some of the things that are super important to me, and you tell me, does your dog food check all the boxes, fit the bill? So, let's see. Number one, is your dog food an American-made product? Does it have that USA label? Is it made with American ingredients? Number two, is your dog food supportive of hunting with hounds and other working dog sports? Does it do its absolute utmost to support our lifestyle? Number three, is it a quality product? Do your dogs do well on it, even during the harshest conditions, during the hardest of hunting? And number four, last but not least, is your dog food a family-owned, independent product? Uh, those are all important to me. Maybe they're all important to you. If not, they should be. So. If your dog food does not check all those boxes, just go ahead and give us a call or go to joydogfood.com and get your hardworking dog fueled by joy. Josh Michaelis here with the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. And today I'm lucky enough to be joined by a true legend in the sport, Mr. Russell Beller. Russ, I sure appreciate you sitting down with me today. Well, you're welcome. We, uh, we've taken, taken a pretty good trip around the farm. Uh, we've got to see all your white tails. We've got to see, I got to see, it's an amazing place for us. A truly amazing place. I've really enjoyed spending the afternoon with you. But I want to sit down and talk coon dogs for a little bit. That'd be fine. And I want to start with how you got your start in coon dogs. Oh, I've been a coon hunting ever since I was about eight year old. He was a, my neighbor. Uh, John W. Harris in, in uh, Baxter, Tennessee, started me. He, I was a pretty good athlete, and he would send me up them trees to shake them coon out because they, they didn't believe shooting them. They thought they ought to fall to every one of them, and <laughs> and he and he come and get me, take me climb them trees like a little monkey going up in there and shaking them out and he gave me a little old hatchet to cut the limbs off so that they fall out you know <laughs> well that was nice of him yeah the give dog, you a hatchet <laughs> the dogs will find out so that's how i got started and growed up and had coon hunted all my since eight year old off and on and and uh oh i'd say it about 69 somewhere around 68 69 i got married 67 i got married and i started coon hunting back again and in uh in 68 69 and 
I won the automobile registered part of uh, with a black and tan dog back in the '60s, and so you know I've been around a while, and <laughs> and uh, I used to go to automoke every year, and always got in the finals, you yep. know, and, and that was a, that was a big thing. And 19 and uh, eight, uh, 80, uh, 1978, 79, I thought, boy, I'd made a lot of money, and I need to win me a coon hunt a world coon hunt so <laughs> what i started out to do and i saved a lot of money and owned a little land and i went out i went out and i was determined to win me a world hunt and uh the first world hunt i won was was a dog called demon in 1980 and i won it in 81 should have won it in 82 and and uh did win the world hunt with striker in 82 and and it just kept a falling on yep. down. Pac-Man, Handsome Harry, Awesome Annie, just several, several dogs I won the world hunt with. What uh, what attracted you to it the first time you went? I mean, if some guy gets me and makes me climb trees and shake, shake coons out, I may not want to go again. What made you want to keep going? Oh, right? I like to hear that coon fighting them dogs, whooping <laughs> yeah. them big old two or three dogs on one little old 10-pound coon in Tennessee, and it, that little coon just whooped the heck out of them. Really? Get, a, get away and make me climb the tree again. <laughs> <laughs> what about, so you grew up in Tennessee? T- uh, a little town called Baxter. Yeah. That's right on Interstate uh, 40, yeah. halfway between Nashville and Knoxville. What, what was life like for you growing up? Oh, they was 13 of us kids, and we was the poorest kids on the road and and didn't have no money, didn't have no inside toilet or no inside water or nothing. I mean, uh, but everybody was just about that way back in those days. Yeah. I come to Indiana in 1965 and never seen so much money in my life. And I said, I, t- I told these Hoosiers, if I can't take advantage of you up here, I don't need to be here. So, so I stayed. What did you do for a living when you moved up to Indiana? I, I went to work for a company uh, that was building uh, pole barns. And I went to work for them. I worked for them for about four years. And I either had to quit or get fired, and I've never been fired, so I thought I'd quit. And, Why was they going to fire you? Well, my boss had quit. My boss had quit, and and uh, I went from uh, $2 an hour in 1965, and General Motors back then was paying $1.85. And uh, I went to work for that company, and I got very good at it. I didn't yeah. even know how to drive a nail when I came here. I got very good at it. Now, I got up to making a thousand dollars a week in in '69, and wow. and my boss he had retired, and and another guy took over, and his salary back in '69 was a hundred a hundred and fifty dollars a week, and here I make a kid. I was just 21 year old making a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week. I was on a bonus deal, and and. Uh, he rode me like a barred Tennessee mule, <laughs> <laughs> so so I had to quit because I couldn't take his butt chewing. And yeah. So uh, I pulled in a gas station. The gas guy come out and he said, "Hey, he said old Jimmy out there, I'm ready to buy that building." I said, "I've I've quit." He said, "That's fine. You can go in business today," and I started in business 1969. Construction. Construction. St- yeah. Still, the company's still going on. We uh, we we specialize in building confinement hog houses. Yeah. I mean, 
those hog we do 85 percent of all hog houses in the state of indiana really yeah mm-hmm. that's a big business oh it was big yeah. to biden come along and <laughs> <laughs> that's, i've kind of hurt us a little bit yeah. i know at home uh of course smithfield owns a lot of ground and has a lot of barns right there around my house and they've took all the hogs out of their barns and they're just buying now they don't even raise them no more yeah it's getting tough i mean yeah. the interest rate has went up the uh, concrete went from seventy dollars a yard to two hundred dollars a yard and people can't afford to build them yeah. and, and the farmer don't get no more today than they did 20 years ago yeah so it's it's going to get tough here but we have survived uh in that my son runs that part of it and and my biggest thing here i've got a lot of things i do here on the ranch i uh, raise all these white-tailed mm-hmm. deers. We've had 204 hunters here this year hunting, and we got a lot of cash rent ground, yeah. and we we got some uh, subdivisions and got uh, just a little bit of everything, industrial stuff, yeah. and 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 it really pays off for me, you know. But yeah. well, people people see what you got, but a lot of times they don't see how you got it, Russ. And I know. You know, I come from a poor upbringing myself, and you know, we you get out and you struggle and you work hard and, and you make it. And hounds, uh, sometimes it's hard to keep a hound when you're trying to make it. Well, I hit mess on these hounds yeah. right now. I'll get, I'll I'll quit for four or five years, and I'll can't get down my blood, and I'll jump back in there and work my butt off to get something sharp enough to win a world hunt yeah then try to find me a pretty decent handler and you know and give it to them and i i'm pretty good at finding the right one most of the time and because i give them all the money they win (laughs) i pay their expense and give them all the money and and it's a lot easier to get somebody like that yeah and they you know and they they work a little harder at it if they're going to get a a two-time paycheck instead of one yeah did uh when you got your business up and going and you said you got married and you got back into the dogs was that about the same time as when you got your business up and going and stuff like that and you got into well i got married in six in 67 yeah. i got married in 67 and started a business in 69 right. you know two years later and, and it's been it was a lot of up and down when you're a kid a lot of guys don't trust you you know and all yeah. this and i can see how that goes but today i mean people just call i mean just we just tell them what the price is on the phone yeah. they said when can you get there on you know on that and, yeah and I, i've really enjoyed this deer thing i've met a lot of interesting people a lot of celebrities where it's a football yeah. player basketball baseball music yeah or nascar i've you know i've had a lot of them you've seen some of the pictures here that what we've had here i mean and it's it's interesting to talk to them people. A lot of them got a lot more money than me, but they don't have as big a deer, <laughs> or as many world championships. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> so well, when you when you went back into it and you said you wanted that was your singular goal was to win a world championship, to win a world, yes. Yeah. And that's when you went to look for looking for a dog, or did you already have a dog? No, I, I had a dog. I had a dog, but I knew he wasn't just exactly what I needed yeah. to win that world hunt and and uh i went and bought that old demon dog yep. he was he was three year old when i bought him and i bought him off of a boy by the name of a uh, taff moffitt and yep. and donald Locke and and uh in t- tennessee and then i went to alabama and bought a dog called striker then 
then I started breeding those bun those dogs together back and forth, and most everything I've hunted has had them dogs in that pedigree. Yeah. Tell me about Demon. What kind of dog was he? Yeah, old Demon was a dog from from A to Z to get there that quick. He was the quickest dog I ever seen in my life to get get clearer you know 500 yards or 1,000 yards he could be there and treat for most dog got their leg past you know I mean he was just a he was just a super super dog nothing classy didn't have no big mouth dogs got real close to him tree and he just shut up marked four or five times a minute yeah. <laughs> he, you know didn't draw him in did not you couldn't pull him you had to have a bulldozer pull yeah. him off that tree yeah and so he had like an independent tendency to him. He wanted to be alone. He didn't he want to did. suck them. Yeah, dogs he in. wasn't made that way. He was bred that yeah. way. He he was out of old Diamond Jim that won the World Hunt, and and out of a, dog, a son of old Pride Gans that get finisher dog, and he had won the World Hunt. Yeah. So that's about as close as the Fender River dogs that you could get is old Demon, and I still got some semen out of Demon. Really, I do. Uh, I don't never sell any dogs yeah. or sell any semen i always give it away somebody i like i'll give them i'll give them some semen or or if i get through with the world champion dog i all of them i've gave away yeah yeah and so the title means more than the dog or not oh i love the dog yeah. but i won't when i gave them away i give it to somebody that's going to love it and, yeah and you know and just take care of him and a lot of times when I go back to work, I work. When I go coon hunt, that's all I want to do is coon hunt. When I go to work, that's all I want to do is work. <laughs> and it, and the two can't go together. No, they don't. I've tried to do it. They can for a while, six eight months. You know, you can pull it off, but it just you're you're slacking on one at one point to to do the other. You well, know, one time I went 168 nights in a row. I never came home without a coon. Yeah. I mean that's and there wasn't as many coons back then no probably no. as there oh, is now there's so many coon here now that's unreal yeah what about striker striker was probably my favorite dog of all all dogs yeah. i ever been in the woods with he was he was lightning quick he could strike a track and run it 50 feet off the off the off the track he yeah. could run it 50 feet away from it and just like running a cold track like a dog most dogs today run a deer yeah i mean he was he had that kind of nose on him and and he'd bush him coon i mean just unreal yeah. what that dog could do when you're when you were hunting demon and you were hunting striker and russ beller is on a mission to win a world championship how was russ beller in a cast were you fun to hunt with Oh, I probably was not. I mean, <laughs> I didn't do nothing to them that they didn't do to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I just had the dog power. I mean, yeah. if you got the dog power, they're all out there just to screw you any way they can. A lot, a lot of times I'd go to hunts and they'd have four judges on me. Yeah. You know, ACHA, PKC, UKC, they'd put special judge on me, and, and I could still win. The better the judges the easier yeah. it was for me to win yeah that still applies i mean i'm yeah. telling you if i got a good judge it's hard to beat me but if yeah. you got one and let this get by that get by i never trained a dog to, to just accidentally win i want yeah. him to win right what uh it, and it was it was different back then you know i hear stories and i hear stuff all the time of course i didn't start hunting in the hunts till probably i don't know i was 10 so 33 years ago 80 
nine ninety somewhere around in there. But in the seventies and eighties, it was kind of the wild west. By the way, some of these guys talk. Oh, I never had a fight. I yeah. never, I never got in a fight with anybody. Some, you get heated and. Then the next day, buy somebody's lunch or something, yeah. you know, and that was it. Was over. Just yeah. everybody tries to win, you know. And that's important that it's over when the when the oh, bell it goes is. Off. You, it's hard to carry a, a, a chip on your shoulder in this business because somebody's always after you. Yeah. So when you get them dogs and you win that world championship, a lot of people would have been satisfied with that, Russ. They'd have been. You know, I, I made a goal and I set it and I went out and I got these dogs and I put this work in and, you know, I achieved what I went out. And you obviously were not satisfied with one world championship. Oh, I'm never satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even satisfied with the raising the biggest white-tailed deer in the world. Yeah. I won't beat my own records. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like beating your own your own world record, you know, winning a world hunt. Hey, and you've seen some puppies today that that's going to be my goal to win a world hunt with one of those with puppies. With one of those puppies. You want to talk about them real quick? Oh, they're they're bred to – I had some semen that left out of old, old Pac-Man, and I bred, I bred a little bitch to Pac-Man and uh, – that semen and and uh we ain't got the dna back we bred with two straws of semen uh a grandson of a grandson of demon uh not demon pac-man that uh that uh produced two world champions and only had 28 dogs (laughs) so uh they look some look like demon some look like him so waiting on the dna to come back well brooklyn's got one that she calls little pack I'm thinking she's pretty sure that one's out of Pac-Man. Well, they look a lot like Pac. Yeah. Yeah. Just sure hope so. I mean, just keep the blood going. Yeah. Uh, I bought Pac-Man. I gave old Pac-Man to a preacher in uh, in uh, Missouri, and he got sent on a missionary. And old Leroy Penny, uh, his wife was a realtor, and she went and uh, uh, listed a trailer house trailer that he have to go to some foreign country on that missionary and and she and the guy preacher told him you sell these sell this trailer i'll give you the, this pup mm-hmm. and it was pac-man old leroy called me and told me man what a dog what a dog yeah. what a dog puppy you know seven months old something like that and i said just come on up here and let me see if he's that good Man, he, that dog could treat more possums than all the dogs I've ever owned put together. I mean, it, uh, you know, he shouldn't have never been a tree dog. I yeah. worked on him so hard. Yeah. And uh, I really made a coon dog out of him. And old Leroy said, well, he'll be in your – that'll be your backbone of your dogs, and, and it really has. I yeah. mean, old Pac-Man has, has really done good for me. What all did Pac-Man win? Oh, he was in 11 Final Fours of World Hunts and won three. Yeah. I mean, that's not many dogs can make the finals of one world hunt or two or three, but to be in the finals of 11, that's got to be some kind of record. He was three times in the, in a, in the final four of three uh, UKC world hunts, 1985, 86, and 87. Three years in a row. Three years in a row. Then the next year, he still got in the top 20, but he had a bad leg on him. I mean, he got infection in his leg and he's carrying it and still got in the top 20. yeah what kind of dog was he he was no striker in my in my eyes but i mean he he could read a scorecard yeah i mean he was the best scorecard dog i ever hunted in my life i mean he could be down 200 points with 20 seconds to go and, and he could beat you yeah and that's 
some dogs have that knack. I he mean, did. He absolutely did. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. What a... Because, I mean, Pac-Man, how many pups did Pac-Man end up with? Oh, I don't know. Maybe close to 2,000. Yeah. There was four world hunt champions come out of Pac-Man. Yeah. And God only knows how many dogs it's out of Pac-Man. It's in, his, in the world champion bloodline. Yeah. So was he your most prolific stud dog as far as pup numbers? I loved Handsome Harry's pups better, a yeah. little bit better than I did Pac-Man, but I only got 30-something out of him, and they won – Two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, I think, or, you know, and if the day was going on. It might have been no telling what it'd be. Yeah, well, the, you two hundred thousand's a a good career even today. But back then, when the chunks of change were a lot smaller than what we're oh, for my now. Oh my goodness! How many cast wins do you think that would be, just to get to that much money one? Well, I won four cast four hunts in a row with old handsome Harry. That was a pup out of a out of a, a pack man and. Won four in a row and only won sixteen thousand. Now yeah. they got these out here that's a hundred thousand. You oh, know. Yeah. yeah. What about? Because uh, you talk about Harry as a reproducer. What did you keep out of him? Oh, I had several dogs yeah. out of Harry. I had hit the Hitler dog. Yeah. I had the ant little ant female, and you know she won the nationals and and won Walker days. And my and for some time. For some reason, I get hopped up on winning Walker Days. I think I won Walker Days more than anybody. I think yeah. I won it eight times, and most people might have won it. They've been one or two, won it twice, but nobody's ever won it eight. Yeah, and so you mean there were certain events. Of course, world hunts, obviously world hunts, but you talked about Autumn Oaks and, yeah, and I used Walker to, Days. Yeah, Autumn Oak, you know, used to be – you win win something at Autumn Oak, you really done something. I mean, that was back in the 60s and the 70s yeah. and 80s, you know. And then all these other hunts started up a little better. Yeah. So what when you when you take a break, Russ? Because I mean, we've all taken breaks. It's a demanding sport to to especially to win at a high level. You can't work 60 hours a week if you got 60 hours a week. Of a week of work to do and then still hunt a dog and get it ready and get it right i mean people say they do but i don't think it's possible <laughs> no when i when i hunt i mean i hunt hard and when i work i might, might get 90 hours a week yeah exactly <laughs> and you can't work 90 hours a week what i do and and go coon hunting that night but you say you can't get it completely out of your system no i still ain't got down my system yeah uh i was planning on i was planning on going to Texas to hunt. I've been invited down there to a, a eight thousand acre pecan orchard, yep. and I went down there a couple of years ago, and I never seen so many coon in my life in, in yep. that orchard. And and I was I was want to go the first of the year, but I ain't going to be able to make it. There's a job come up for me, and I could for that week that I was supposed to go, I could make a quarter of a million dollars in yep. a week. So that money means more to me in that hunt. Yep. <laughs> so. That's one thing that that struck me as we was driving around today, Russ, is you want you want the money, and we all want to be comfortable, and we all want to make money. But when it comes to money with the dogs, that doesn't concern you near as much. As no, no, no. I mean, I, I've always given that money to those handlers. Yeah. Yeah. And how many handlers have you had over the oh, years? Oh, I don't know. You look at some out there, Danae, you know, there's a Brian Wooded, there's a, a Rick Stretch, and there's a... Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ohio. 
I can't even take his name right offhand. <laughs> There's so many in Ohio. Oh, I know. I've had I've had so many handlers and get along with most of them. But yeah. who was your favorite handler? You had a, you got a favorite dog. You done told me that. Who's your favorite? Oh, I can't tell you a favorite <laughs> handler. <laughs> I'd say Brooklyn since she's your current one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It's hard to pick a good, yeah. you know, f- favorite on that. But I had a lot of fun with about all of them. Yeah. What a. What about Little Red? Oh, I tell you, Little Red was a dog. It was, how I found Little Red, I was I owned a, a big uh, ranch in uh, Louisiana, and uh, a guy called me and said, "Hey, I hear you're down there. Could I come up and go hunting with you?" And I said, "Yeah, come on up." He brought little red up, and she was about that wide and about that long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, little old fat thing, and she just come out of heat. And he hadn't been a hunter, and I had old sidebuster, you know, yeah. and one of the super steaks with him. And yeah. man, she gave him everything he wanted, and little maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I said, uh, "Would you sell that dog?" No, I wouldn't sell that dog for nothing. About five months goes by. And he calls me. He said, "Hey, I'm changing jobs. I'm gonna sell that dog." He said, "What do you?" I said, "What do you want for it? Six thousand dollars." I said, "I will be at Monroe Airport in the morning at eleven o'clock." I said, "You have her there, and I'll have you the money." So I had a plane. Then I called my pilot, and the way we flew to Louisiana, picked up that dog and brought her back. Now that was that was a great dog. I mean, I knew she'd get killed. She just went too far. And I was hunting her the night she got killed. Did she get run over? Yeah, got run over right yeah. in front of me, and the guy didn't even hit his brakes. No kidding. Yeah. And but, she, you seen where she's buried out yeah. there. I, I stripped off every, my clothes, and I took a big you a cooler out there, and I laid her in that cooler, and I laid my pants in there. I pulled off my pants, my boots, uh, my wheat, uh, my light my uh, uh, Garmin, everything's out there in that box. Even my rifle's out there in that box. I mean, that hurt me. That was hurt worse than any dog ever got killed for me. Why Little Red? Oh, she was some, I tell you, I had more friends over Little Red. Uh, It was unreal that the fan club that she had, that Little Red dog, just everywhere, won the Grand American, won the Walker Days, and to win uh, uh, those big hunts like that, won the Russ Myers Invitation, yeah. <laughs> you know, and won over a hundred thousand dollars with her in less than four months, and and the and the purses wasn't even up there then like yeah. they are today, and it was just unreal. What she just couldn't be beat hardly. Yeah. What uh, six thousand dollars? I mean that. When you think of what she won, I could see why you flew down there in a hurry. Just in case oh, I didn't waste no time. I, I couldn't sleep that night to get down there to get her. Yeah, and she she stuck in your brain from the first time you hunted yeah, with she her. She did, and I went to uh, – I let Mike Nelson have her, Hunter, uh, that boy that hunted dogs for me, and uh, and he uh, he done all right. He got her right. Then the next next January, I went to South. I generally go to South Carolina every year to my buddies, Michael Thomas. Every world champion dog I ever own is been in Michael Thomas's kennel. I mean, ever one. I mean, from a demon to a striker, every one of them. I've always left them down there, and I used to fly down there on Thursday and hunt. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they pick me up on Monday, and I go back to work for three yeah. days. You know, so. Uh, uh, I went down there and stayed uh, 
two and a half months and I come home once and stayed one day I had to sign some papers and go back and uh, I was down there uh, 90 days when I come home little red was oh my god she was just unbeatable is that where you think you guys probably bonded was during that 90 days in South Carolina yeah oh yeah I mean it was just unreal I mean I turned some of these world champions I had loose and and uh, and they'd begin in there and get bogged down, turn a little red loose in there, pew, 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 or yeah. just tree that coon. I mean, no, it wasn't no stuttering or or just breaking down. I mean, she just she could run a coon, so it was unreal. Yeah. How do you go? How do you get? Because you said that hurt, and I can imagine. How do you get past that and keep going on to the next dog? Well, I I, I gave it up for a while. I give yeah. all the dogs away. I had. I had uh, I had Buster, the one the Super Stakes with. I had uh, Jack, I won the Super Stakes with. I had Big D. I had Janice Joplin. You know, I had five of those world champions there together at one time, and and I, I just gave them all away. Yeah. Give every one of them away. What got you back into it? Oh, I just come and go. I mean, yeah. you know, I get that fever, and right now I'm trying to get that fever, but this work won't let me go. <laughs> I'm a little bit greedy. I got too many things. You see what I do here, and I got too many toys I want to yeah. still put together. Yeah. You know that concert thing over, man. That took a lot of work. Let's talk. I want to. I want to touch on that real quick because we went over there. I've been. You guys will see this on on the video side of Cane Stream. To uh, I've spent the afternoon with Russ, and I've got to the full tour. And he's building a concert uh, venue out of an old silo. And I think I seen a lot of cool stuff while I was here today, Russ. And I think that might be the coolest. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's the hardest work of all. Yeah, I'll bet. Who? Uh, what just decided? What? What went through your brain? Russ Beller woke up one morning and said, "You know what I need out here on the ranch is a place for a big concert." Well, I. Uh, a buddy of mine talked me into putting some motorcycle races on here, GNCC racing, yeah. and they te- 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 they televised it. It went to forty, I mean fifty three countries, and I couldn't make no money, not yeah. the money that I wanted to make, and it was a lot of work to get everything ready. and And I started getting this gravel millings off the highways, the airport here, and all that, and. Uh, I started making parking. I got it all done, you know, a lot of it done. Hey, I need some more money. Oh, we can't give you. I said, heck with it. Yeah. Brentley Gilbert, the singer, was here hunting, and he says, well, why don't you just turn that into a concert thing? And that's what gave me the ideal, and I, yeah. I listened to him and a lot of other singers. You know, we had Lori Morgan and Keith Whitley Jr. here, and, uh, just name yeah. after name we we have here, you know, and, and – uh, we just about got it done. Yeah. We're waiting on the, the city, the county to bring in city sewer and city water to build some nice bathrooms, and yeah. and we're, we're ready. It's yeah. it's almost ready. I hope to be ready this year, yeah. this coming year. Is that your current pet project? Is that the one you're focused on the most right now? That's about that and this deer. I'm always working on this deer. I mean, they ain't nobody got ahead of me on this deer. Yeah. You like being first in that, don't you? I love to be first. <laughs> Well, we got to look at the deer too, and I tell you what, and I'm no deer expert. Uh, I've hunted them, of course, and I've been around. I live in uh, right there on the Iowa border, so we got big wild deer. But those things are huge. Some of the bucks I've seen today are uh, amazing, and especially this last one you got over here behind the lodge. Ever, I breed my 22 deer today. Uh, this fall, 
breed of 550 does and uh all of them but two is two year old everything yeah. you've seen everything you've seen was only two year old really mm-hmm. that is crazy what got you into that it was a bet <laughs> <laughs> i had a i had a buddy in texas his name's robbie harrington he had a, a he used to coon hunt and he got filthy, filthy rich and he said, Ah, them coon hunters are lower class people, I don't wanna <laughs> deal with them. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. And uh, and he uh, and he'd always call me, we'd go down to Liberty, Texas and the the, the PKC hunts and they yep. put one on there then and go down there and, and we was always buddies, you know, and and uh, he'd always call me, Who's winning, who's winning, who's winning? I'd tell him and I said he's telling me about buying these ranches south texas and going deer hunting and killing big deer i said man i said i live up here and i got 120 acres on the golf course and he's a monster deer there he said i'll come and kill it i said come on i'd love to see you he never came next year that deer got bigger bigger and he didn't come pissed me off i'm telling you i was wanting to see that guy and uh i shot one out that morning went out there and shot him sent it to him he said, oh, you should have never shot that deer. He said, that deer should have been shot by somebody who loved a deer hunt. I said, yeah, I tried everywhere in the world to get you. <laughs> he said, then it wasn't two weeks later, I shot another big one. Yeah. That, that one scored 180-something, and this other one scored 172, Boone and Crockett. And he said, you will never in your lifetime ever kill another Boone and Crockett. I'll bet you 50,000 I'll kill one this year. <laughs> and I didn't know how hard that was. Yeah. Now, that was a hard that was a hard statement i got i had a buddy in alberta canada that was an outfitter and i'd sold him a lot of coon dogs yeah. for to run bear lines with and i called him he said you come and i'll put you he said there's no guarantees it's tough so i went to alberta here i took off to alberta canada and i was there a month and i killed me a boone and crockett really i won paid? that fifty thousand, yeah. but i turned around and bet him the fifty thousand, another fifty thousand that uh, Patrick Ewan would win the the NBA uh, <laughs> ball game over Elijah uh, one and Elijah yeah. one beat him. Yeah. So I lost my fifty grand. <laughs> then I got kind of hooked on it, and they was raising deer up there, and and I had this thirty two hundred acres here, and I come down here and fenced it all in, and yeah. and I bought deer from Alberta, Canada, by the semi loads and turned them loose. You can't do that today, and, yeah. but I got a good head start of everybody on that, doing that. When did what year was that? That you? that was in 1990. Yeah, so that's been a while. Right? Thirty thirty three years ago. Yeah, and so, how long did it take you to have the biggest white tails in the world? From the time you decided that you were going to start raising white tails to half the, half, half of that. I mean, I'd say 15 years later, yeah. I come up with X Factor, and X Factor broke the record of the being the biggest, the largest white tail ever scored by SCI yeah. and uh, that's been 14, 15 years ago. Yeah. He scored 509 at three year old and it, then he went to 589 at four. Really? And I've had some sons of him that's been bigger than that. And there's some that's got a little bit bigger that I, I didn't have anything to do with. But we, we hold a lot of records in the SCI, you know, but, uh, uh, where it's a, a typical or non-typical. Yeah. Well, Russ, Russ Beller wants to win. You want to be a winner. You want to, no matter what you're doing, you want to be the best at it. 
Well, if I was playing marbles, I'd want to be the best. <laughs> what, uh, what, I mean, because I know people like that, you know, and I'm like that to a point. I want to have the best podcast. I want to have the best coon dog out in that truck that I can possibly get and all that stuff. But, Rush, you've taken it to a new level. I mean, it's a, it's a different level that most people aren't that laser focused on doing something. What, what do you think brought that on? Oh, never having nothing, I guess, as a yeah. kid. And, and, and that was just, it just gritty, got to yeah. have it, you got to yeah. get it. When I was a kid, you know, 10, 12-year-old, to catch, uh, to make any kind of money, we was poor. Poor wasn't a word. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't imagine how poor we was. And I'd go out and catch spring lizards and sell them for a nickel a piece. And one day I was trying to beat everybody else. I caught 42 dozen in one day of lizards. I made $22 that day. Really? And that was back in the day when $20 was a man's pay at a factory. No kidding. Yeah, and I was 10 or 12 year old back then. Did your brothers and sisters, did any of them catch whatever you got? No, no, no. They they never even come close to catching what I did. What a, what, were you the oldest, youngest? No, middle? I was the third from the oldest. They yeah. was 13 of us kids, and I cleaned a lot of messy diapers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what about your brothers and sisters? Did they ever have any hounds? Did they coon hunt too? Oh, or? very. See, my older brother, I gave him a couple dogs, and he, that was some good stuff, and yeah. I went and bought them back and made some good dogs out of them. And now I had a, the brother, next brother older than me, then the rest of them never did hunt. None, yeah. of, none of them ever cared anything about it. My sons don't, my, I only got one son. He never cared anything about it. And I got five grandkids, and they don't care anything yeah. about it. It's just something I love. Well, I think, because I don't know if you're like me, I've got three kids at home too, and they like to coon hunt with their dad every now and then, but I take it so serious and I go so hard and them kids are not having that much fun with me when they go no I, I see a lot of these hard coon hunters that when they're hunting they hunt hard and a lot of their kids don't like to coon hunt yeah I, I push too hard out there in the woods I mean yeah. I'm not standing around building a campfire and listening to something but dog in there's got his nose up his butt and can't get that track yeah. over I'm gonna get that nose out of his butt <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you something else I've never done in my life and I've won probably 50 of them is shocking collars and yeah. i've never ever put a shocking collar on a dog yeah always just went in there and done it i uh, was tough enough to catch that dog and whoop his ass yeah. i'll tell you what do you what were you looking for and still looking for are the things back in the 60s 70s you know early 80s whatever are would those dogs still win today or are you still looking dominate. for the same thing they, i think they would dominate yeah. today i really do yeah I mean, what do, you, what do you think has gotten worse about what we're hunting now? Well, a lot of these dogs hit when they hit the woods, the third tree they get in the woods, they tree it where it's yeah. coon or not tree it. Yeah, they got to have the live raccoon. Yeah, they they win so much now in the money that that I mean on circle points. I mean, there's no question. Yeah, I'd say half the cast never has a coon and never see a coon. Yeah, what a back then when you were looking for a dog and you were shopping for a dog and you'd already won two or three world champions, how many dogs did you, because people knew you had, Russ Ballard, they knew you had money. And how many people were calling you and say, I've got the next world champion. And then you go out there and it's not what you think they, they think it is. This is what I tell all guys that call me want to, want to sell me a dog. I said, this is my, this is the only way I want a dog. He's got to do this 
85 percent of the time when you unsnap him from the tailgate he's got to be struck and treated in five minutes and have a a 95 percent alive raccoon yeah if you you're put your watch on him if he can't do that don't come to me because i won't want i don't want him yeah and that was the same thing he's looking for back in that you're looking for. I'm now. looking for today. And most of these dogs is something to do with my bloodline, or I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't hunt something else. I did, even the little red dog had a, a, an old dog way back in his bloodline. Really? Her bloodline, oh yeah, she, that old Shep dog I was yeah. ta- yep, talking yep, to you yep. about. She, he, he's in there, her bloodline. No kidding. No kidding. All mm-hmm. the dogs. What about uh, the black and tans? I was going to ask you about that earlier, and I forgot all about it. Oh, I I started out black and tans. My buddy John Harris that trained me hunting, he was a tough competition guy, but he was not a night hunter. But he had black and tans, and that's how I got started was black and tans. And I hunted black and tans about 73, and my big goal was uh, I won black and tan days in dominated Jarvis on first. Really? (laughs) I was just a kid, you know. How'd Jarvis take that? Oh, he didn't take it. <laughs> he didn't take it. Jarvis was a competitor, too. You bet Jarvis, Jarvis was. Jarvis wanted to win. Yeah, absolutely. Know. And what about we went down and looked at his rock uh, down here, that the one you had hit by the train, the black dog. What was his name? I a bear. I bear. called him Bearcat. 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 Mm-hmm. What was he like? He would win today. There yeah. ain't no question. He was the far. I've hunted with a lot of black dogs in my life. He was he was far best black dog I ever seen turn loose. Yeah. He had a nose on him. He could run the track. He he was just about like old Striker run the track, yeah. and he could catch a deer too. Really. <laughs> oh, Striker caught seventeen, held them till I no got there. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so Striker. And you're talking about Bearcat and Striker both. How did they run their tracks? Because well, they the he, well, the head yeah. in the air never put their nose on the ground. It was always up high. And they could they could run that tra- <coughs> run that track. I mean, yeah. if a dog can't run a track, ain't got the nose run a track, he he don't very seldom ever win a world hunt. Yeah. If he does, he don't win two. <laughs> <laughs> and you want one that's going to win two. You don't want yeah. Just a, just yeah, I don't one. want just a one. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, out of all your world championships, uh, which one was the most important to you, do you think? I guess when I won with uh, Pac-Man. Do you think so? I, I think at the now he UK. Got there, he got there three years in a row. He, he got he it, win the, it the first year? No, second year. Second year. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why, why that hunt? I don't know. That was I put a lot of time in that. I mean, I put ungodly hours and hours and hours. It's nothing for me to come in. Was come in at daylight. I yeah. mean, you know, hunt all the way to daylight. I mean, it's always my dogs always shine. If I get by the first round, it's always easier the second round because I mean I hunted them buggers so hard. Yeah. How does? Because I mean, a lot of the, today's dogs, especially the big holes I see in these dogs today, is they can't hold up. They can't hold up to the hard hunting. They can't what? hold up to what we put them through. Well, that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, they never hunted all night to get ready. Yeah. And what about, uh, you know, those dogs back then, how hard was it to find one that could go all night long every night and still be able to compete and hold up? Well, you had to get him in condition. Now, there's no question about that. Yeah. I mean... You you were going in there and you were you were getting on to them if they weren't doing right. Did you burn some up? Did you ruin some doing that, or was it? Oh, I knew how far to take them. You yeah. know, I knew when I had to lay them up for a week. You know, and start back over. Yeah. You take them till they start down. I mean, 
wanting to quit on you a little bit, then you give them a week's rest. Then, then if they couldn't take it, then then I, I shipped them out. Right. How many did you have to ship out? Oh, I've had to ship a few out. Now. <laughs> All of them never made it. Now I'll tell you. <laughs> so, in that second win, who do you remember who was in that cast of Pac-Man in that World Finals? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I see. I do. I remember two of them. Uh, Creed Smith. Yeah. He was from Ohio. At him and uh, uh, oh, guy from Missouri, uh, Raymond Laster. Yeah. He had a he had a, a son of demon in there. Really. He had a son of demon, and I don't remember who the other one was. I really don't. Yeah. <clears throat> That's been most of most of them hunts. I can remember all of it yeah. still. Do you remember? So you remember how that cast went? Oh yeah, I remember exactly how that well, went. How'd it go? <laughs> well, it went pretty good. I won it. <laughs> <laughs> Did Pac-Man Dominator? Was it a pretty close cast? Or? Uh, Creed Smith had a pretty daggone good dog, and yeah. we get up, we turn loose, and I'm a winning the cast. We turn the last turn loose that we. Turn, I remember this very very well. I'm a, I'm ahead. I'm ahead by I don't know a hundred points or something like that. And we, the guide that was a guide, he was not a very good coon hunting guide. Yeah. I mean, he he just had some land, and he wouldn't take you out there and turn us loose on the side of a road, at bushy, little old trees, one yeah. big as your leg, and thickets, and and they got in there. They got in there, and uh, old uh, uh, Laster's dog and and uh, Creed's dog got treed in there. Well, now if they tree see that coon, they see that coon. Hey, I, the, you know they're gonna they're yeah. gonna beat me, and the hunt's coming to the hunt's coming to an end. I mean, and they're treed, and while they're treed, Pac-Man come out of that woods and went across the field and went a half a mile and come treed in there. And buddy, when Pac-Man come treed, the world knew Pac-Man yeah. come treed. I got run off. Reason I don't like to hunt hunt Pac-Man. He had the loudest mouth of any hound I've ever heard in my life on that tree, yeah. and he come treed in there, and I I had to tree him. Uh, I had to tree him because if they got a right. coon, I, you know, I get beat. So I treat him, and they go in that tree, and and they, you could tell if somebody's going to find a coon. I mean, yeah. it. There, they sent me with another judge to the tree where Pac-Man was, and a big old huge tree. And I slipped around a little bit and looked, wasn't supposed to probably, and and, and I found that coon. I found that coon and. Here they came, here they came, and, and they didn't see a coon. Well, I didn't want to see that coon. I yeah. want the hunt to run out right then. I, yeah. I'm trying to kill that hunt. Then that darn judge found that coon. <laughs> <laughs> had to turn loose it Had to turn loose again yeah. for about a minute to go, you yeah. know. And I, I, I won that one. And I just beat Creed. I just beat Creed about a month before that in the whole uh, Will Heights world hunt, I just beat him with the same dog, yep. both dogs, and I I won it two times no in kidding. a row. <laughs> what about, were you nervous going into them casts? Yeah, I'm always, always I, I, anybody tells you not nervous, they're yep. lying to you. That first, till that first bark, I mean, till that first bark, I mean, you're just, you're just jittery, yeah. you know. That's what beats a lot of guys is that first, that first coon or yep. get minus points and that first tree call you know you got to know you got to know what you're doing there but yep. always nervous when before you turn that dog loose i mean even just, after all the world finals oh don't that. matter don't matter you, you still got the jitters a little yeah. bit yeah well that's 
that's awesome, I think. I mean, I think that if you're not a little nervous going into well, something like that, if they're not nervous, like hey, they're not human. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all, all they are to that. When did you first lay eyes on Pac-Man? Well, Leroy brought him to me. He brought him to me. I'll tell you a little story about that. He brought him to me just to go coon hunting. He drove all the way from Missouri uh, up here to go coon hunting. And, and I loved Leroy, but he was no coon hunter. He was a dog jockey and, yeah. and a good storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> he brought him up here. He brought him up here. And I, uh, I was already hunting before he got here, and he got here about 10 o'clock, and I come back in, come and got him, went hunting. We killed 32 coon that night really? and never killed over one coon out of a tree, an old striker tree, never one of them. I yeah. mean, that was a coon tree and machine. And uh, the next night, uh, I lived on the other side of town there by the golf course and had a nice place over there and I had a camp place for mm-hmm. my hunters to come instead of staying in the house that they had a, a bunk the bunk yeah. beds and the shower and all that. So uh, the next night he said, "Man, you brought me in here at daylight. I can't go tonight." I said, "I'll take old, I'll take your pup with me." Went back out there, and he treated a couple of coon. I just hunted him, had to walk him a little bit. He's just only seven months old. Yeah. And and, the, and uh, I come back, and that old striker, and we treat a bunch more coon. And the next night, Leroy, I don't think I'll go tonight. I'll just rest tonight and, you know, and go to, uh, go home tomorrow. Well, I took old Pac-Man again. And I told him, I said, Leroy, I'll just hunt that dog for you. I mean, uh, for a little bit. I ain't got nothing but old striker here that I'm a hunting so I'll just hunt you pup for you man I hunt that pup about a month I said hey there ain't no need of me making a, a monster here that I need to buy this dog yeah. and I had a couple three dogs I had three dogs and I had fifteen thousand dollars fifteen thousand two hundred dollars and three dogs and I traded him those three dogs I had that this okay. was hey this here was I think in in uh, 82 now it was pretty good money yeah back then it was even for me you know yeah. back then uh, uh and a couple of them dogs had placed in the world hunt i had a dog that i got from uh oh can't even think his name now over in illinois uh anyway uh i bought that dog and and after i got him he did he placed in the world hunt and bought a dog off of bob wagner and another boy off of kentucky but i had fifteen thousand two hundred in them dogs and i said leroy i'll trade you all three of them dogs for that pup no then i had to give him a little boot <laughs> he really liked that pup yeah he? he loved that pup <laughs> and he had it give to him yeah yeah uh well, Leroy, he ain't no dummy. He let you come no, up there and hey, finish Leroy, his pup out and then get uh, paid for it. Leroy made a living now, nothing yeah. but dog trading. Yeah, I think Leroy, I think Leroy passed on here. Yeah, I did him a big favor. I mean, I done something for him, uh, and he cried when he come. He called me. I called him. I said, Leroy, I want you to send me a picture of old Kojak. Why? I said I got a reason to. I want a picture of old Kojak. So he brought, sent me a picture of old Kojak, and I spent $2,000, got a rock, and had Kojak put on there and really? his title on it. And I called Leroy, and I said, Leroy, I'd like for you to come up here. I said, well, I, well I'm a little hard up for money. I said, I'll pay you way up here. Just get somebody to bring you, and I'll pay them to bring you up here. I said, bring a little trailer behind you. A trailer? I said, yeah, bring a little trailer. I got something I want to give you. 
he seen that rock and he cried like a baby. And I mean, he loved, he worshiped that rock till the day he died. He put that rock out in the, out in the yard and had a light with a Kojak and it looked identical to Kojak. I mean, the same guy that did what you've seen here. I mean, he, I told him a little bit special for here for old Leroy. Yeah. And that pays him a little bit more money just for old (laughs) (laughs) Pac-Man. So you said Pac-Man because Pac-Man ain't in your top two favorites. No, he's not. No, no, he's not. So what didn't you like about Pac-Man? Because everybody... And Russ, you know, when people think of dogs and Russ Beller, they think of Pac-Man. You I know, don't. they don't think of Striker or Little Red or some of these other great dogs that you've had. Now, guys like me that have been around and know the other dogs, too, you know, I kind of – but most people, they think Russ Beller, they think Pac-Man. Well, I tell you, Striker and that Little Red dog made things happen so quick, so yeah. fast, that it's just unbelievable. I mean, people – most people never seen what I seen and what those two dogs did. I yeah. mean, they could run a track. I, I can't stand for a dog to get out there and just boo-hoo here and over there yeah. and hit treat. You know, and Pac-Man was good about having that coon, but he could not run with Striker. He didn't have he didn't have Striker's speed and 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 he and he placed in level moral hunts, but he could he could read a scorecard. Yeah. But me to go pleasure hunting. By pleasure hunting means more than me than going not 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 night hunting. He's got they got to satisfy me to get my butt out there to go. They got to have the drive to get that up on that coon's butt and get him up a bush. Yeah. I mean, them dogs would put him on fence posts. They put him on light poles. Them big old power lines out in the middle of the field. Yeah. Trim on that. I mean, just unbelievable little bitty trees that. And you get there, and, and the coon be looking right down yeah. at you. What was after me? Yeah. And those—that's what excited me about those dogs. Yeah. What about uh, what about Big D? I hated Big D. <laughs> <laughs> I hated him. Yeah. What I, was so bad about him? Well, Brian, he loved him, and and he he just let him bark in the back of the truck, yeah. going down the road, people looking at you, and old Big D. he had a real mouth on him i mean and turn him loose uh last time i went with big d i will tell you what happened we when i had buster and buster was about 18 months old we turned him loose and big old d struck and he shot through this woods and he went straight north and 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 and, uh buster was following him i mean on garmin he went to barking and old big d was running something like he was ready to catch it we cut him off. Four miles, we cut him off. I beat the heck out of my, him. He wouldn't even touch old Big D, and, you know, yeah. and I owned him. I said, I'd kill that bastard. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hate him that much. Yeah. We turned them dogs back loose in the woods. We caught him in. I mean, caught him in that woods. Four mile north. Here, Big D turns and goes back south four mile. Goes within 100 yards where we turned him loose at and treat a coon. <laughs> He probably remembered it was there yeah, he probably, the first time. Yeah, he just didn't want nobody to get on the tree with him. Yeah. Oh, he was crazy. But now he could win. He yeah. could win. But He was either feast or famous. Oh, I hate, I hate him. Oh. And another one I hated, I mean, and old Marv Bill, Bill look, looking at this, and he'll hate me for it, is <laughs> <laughs> Janice Joplin. Really? Now, I mean, they, I've had people tell me that's the greatest dog they ever went in the woods with. But man, she didn't. She wouldn't do it for me. Yeah. She wouldn't do it for me if Marvel's with him. I mean, I took her to South Carolina one night, never treat a coon. Really? I said, brought her back. I said, I'm gonna give her to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I give her to her, but Marv didn't have the money to go to the night hunt, so I had to keep her my name. <laughs> they only won the world hunt, I'd give her to him. Yeah. Well, I've seen her rock out here, too. So you, if it's a world champion, it's going to I still out. got a few rocks. I still yeah. got my wife. You know, I spent about $75,000 on these rocks. My wife got a little aggravated at me. <laughs> so I've shut it off for right yeah. now. i got to find some more rocks. Yeah, you're going to have to sneak some in. Yeah. Under her nose, ain't you? Yeah. So what about the people, Russ, that you've met over the years doing this? Oh, I met some fine people. Yeah. I really have. And I met some buttholes, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, because uh, you talked about what you did for your friend in The Rock and stuff. You made some lifelong friends doing that. Oh, I have. I mean, yeah. a lot of people didn't like old Dave Jubers. And, yeah. and uh, uh, I just, I like Dave. I mean, he... He'd tell you one thing, do something else, but yeah. I mean, but I still liked him. And probably one of the best friends I ever made with anybody was a guy by the name of Randall Myers in Tennessee, and yes. he passed away. Him and Leroy died, I think, about the same time. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Jubers, they died uh, They died the same day. I didn't uh, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's, that's been pretty tough to lose them, them guys like that. Yeah. I mean... And Randall, Randall was a peach of a man. I mean, if he told you something, he was as good as any man I ever met in my life. I only met Randall one time, but he struck me as a really honest, sincere fellow. He was. Yeah. I mean, he, he really was. And I gave him old Pac-Man. Yeah. I, re I really did. And yeah. he loved him. He buried him right there on the farm. That's where Pac-Man's buried. It's mm -hmm. down Randall's place. There. Yeah. And Stryker, I had a buddy that worshipped him in Texas, and I gave him to. He lived three years after I sent it to him in Texas, yeah. and he and never hunted him. But I mean, he just loved that dog. I mean, yeah. lived in the house with him. So, the future for Russ Baylor, Russ, with the deer and all these projects you got going on, you're still a spry man for 77 years old. We've been running around all day. As long as you learn how to get that pickup truck in park, I think you've got <laughs> another decade left in you at least. <laughs> Man, that's the aggravating thing I ever, I ever drove in my life. Here it is, a, t a 24, yeah. and, and I'm always used to put it in park up here, yeah. and you have to push a button, hold a brake, and, and push it up. I mean, I can't, I can't get to that. I mean, it runs off on me all the time. Yeah. Well, the thing's two months old. It looks like it's done ready for the junkyard. Hey, they make a truck every second. That's right. That's true. I can, I, I've, I've been an awful lucky man. Since 1968, I've had a brand-new pickup truck every year. Yeah. Sometimes four. Yeah, well, make sure and get one with a normal shift. Oh, you time. guarantee you I will. I don't like that little thing in the concert. <laughs> So you got the you got the pups out here, the Brooklyn. Now them pups treat a squirrel today, caught them a little possum on the ground. Yeah. Good acting, good looking pups. You got them coming up. You got Brooklyn handling for you still. You got a beautiful place here, but you got a lot going on, Russ. You got a concert venue to get done. You got all your work stuff. What's the future for Russ Beller in the next four or five years? Well, I need to find somebody to run this concert thing. Yeah. I don't want to run that. That ain't my business. I mean, if somebody come along with a, I don't know, $100 million. Yeah, that'd be all right, <laughs> Well, I think it yeah. could be there. You yeah. know, the, you know, I don't need that. I mean, I'd build it. I've done it. I mean, yeah. uh, just like that subdivision I took you through there, yep. 
I built that, and they was about oh, two million dollars worth of lots left in there, yeah. and the neighbors wanted this, wanted that, and I'm doing it all. I'm doing the lights, I'm doing this, doing that, the, fixing the roads. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, you people. Get us all together. You start your nonprofit organization, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. So I give them two million dollars worth of land. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want that headache. No, I don't want that headache over yeah. here. I mean, I really don't. I mean, it's nice to meet these guys but for me to go to concert i've never been to a concert in my life yeah i don't think i have either you know i'm you know and you go there and all they want to do is drink and you know i've never drunk a beer in my life really i've never drunk any kind of alcohol in my life or never smoked a cigarette yeah i'm a long way from being an angel but (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna i see guys get up in the morning they can't even stand up and oh i just can't take that i'm not not going to be into that. Russ Beller's got too much to do to worry about being high. Absolutely. Yeah. What about uh, your whitetail operation? What do you got in mind for it future? Oh, I love this. I love this. I, I mean, I really do. I love it maybe a little bit more now than I do the dog yeah. to, 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 to breed these animals, to breed these animals, to get them the world record. I mean, I'm. they got 10 world records. They got... They got one with a rifle, one with a bow, yeah. one with a crossbow, a shotgun, a Not six, a letter, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's 12 of them. Yeah. They got 12 of them now. I own two-thirds of the world records. Really? <laughs> so I'm after the world records yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you want all of them. Well, I'd like to have them all. Yeah. <laughs> At one time or another, yeah. you know. And there's one thing I'm going to promise you. I will win another world hunt. If I if I live and 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 has got good health in the next two years, I'm going to win another world hunt. In the next two years. In the next two years. You got your eyes on a dog for it yet? Well, I'll make my dog. I'll make them. Might be one of them you've seen today, but I will I will make them, and it'll guarantee you it'll have Striker and Pac Man in the bloodline, or I won't feed it. Yep. Russ, this has been awesome. I've had a wonderful afternoon. I've had a wonderful time sitting down here with you. Is there anything else you want to add before we we shut this off? No, I think uh, I've had some fun with you, too. I've given you about four hours, five hours. That's the most I've ever given anybody in a long time. (laughs) I do. I don't. I I tell you, I appreciate it, Russ, but I don't think you understand how much I do. This is because, you know, I'm a coon hunter. I'm a coon hunting fan, and I've never been able to meet Russ Beller and hang out with Russ Beller, and this is cool for me. I mean, I really enjoy it, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do it. I really truly do well i appreciate you coming i yep. mean no it's been a blast and you got a beautiful place here uh where can they look at the uh whitetail hunts oh we we got an uh called x factor whitetails okay. and you can find us on that yep. you know all right well good Maybe i've so. never had a coon hunter to ever come want to kill a deer no they don't i know because me i come and look at the deer i'm like boy that's really cool but then i see that great big chunk of hardwoods out there that's full of coons i'm thinking i want a coon hunt <laughs> that is a beautiful woods. it is a beautiful woods and you guys are going to be able to see footage of that too of me and russ driving around that woods today too that'll be on the video side of this so yeah no it's going to be this will all get out and and i really appreciate all the footage you gave of me russ and I, I appreciate you sitting down with me and i really enjoyed it and i wish you the best for the future for sure hey thank you you're welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Russ Beller, and this is the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. I was born that morning on the first day of June. 
Hanging 